0: Hello, welcome to the Old Boys Book Club. Beep, 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 beep. It's perfectly true that I have had some drugs. Um, buses. You make models of buses. I make models of buses. I, I stand by what I say. You didn't feel bad. I stand okay, by what I say. Um, 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 old boys. I urge uh, my friends and colleagues to look carefully at what I wrote, things that, that I've said that are wrenched out of, out of context, a... Uh, 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 I have concluded, that person cannot be me. Old Boys.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Old Boys Book Club. Uh, This episode we are going to be tackling chapters 7 to 10 of Boris Johnson's 72 versions. My name's Johnny. And my name is Andy. And how are you feeling this week Andy, how are you? I'm excited,
0: I feel like with every chapter we're left on a cliffhanger. So to to have to wait a full week to reread. Uh, three ones is uh, is exciting. It's yeah, exciting.
1: it's important to have a break as well. I think we should we should have mentioned this in the in the very first intro to the series. But to read too much of this book at once is incredibly dangerous for the brain.
0: I feel like somebody who's volunteered to willingly consume radioactive meat <laughs> as, a, as a test or, or, because because you know it's bad for you yeah. you, know it's bad for you and, and, and the reason we know it's bad for us is because we've already done it once yeah. Yeah. And, and now we're willingly sitting down to do it again how
1: have you dealt with reading it in public have you read it in public
0: no i went um so i i read it on a plane to edinburgh in the summer i told yeah. you and um going up to the festival highly aware that probably everyone else on the plane so sort of very yeah. left-leaning, yeah. won't know just from looking at me that this is a satirical reading yeah. of the book. Yeah. So I, I bent the, the front cover back and was reading it. Yeah. I could see people looking at the text to try and ascertain it, so I put it in my pocket. Yeah. And uh, I've got a pocket for the book when I'm on the tube, which I, I close. I, I cannot bear to be seen with it. <laughs> I don't want to have to make that explanation to people.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I suppose I've had similar experiences. I've been reading it on my commute into work, and, uh, but I commute from a safe Tory seat so, so I, the feel, opposite problem. I feel like obviously personally I have to hide it because it's just a disgracefully <laughs> disgracefully intolerant racist piece of shit I don't think that many people around me would mind
0: too much I don't know it's a magnet for old boys though so you, oh, yeah. you don't want to yeah, get yeah. those looks you don't want to get that knowing nod wink glance based on uh, yeah, a good man you get a good man And that's, actually that's that
1: brings me on to something I did want to talk to you with about on the part it was um, who did you think he thought was going to be reading it
0: his ideal reader yeah um I, I doubt he even thought that far. I think mm. it's more the accomplishment of saying you've done it. Yeah, I, I think I don't think he thought as politically as maybe he necessarily does now. I, yeah. I, I, all of Middle England, I think, is just yeah. probably his, his sort of his headspace. But I think if he had to give it to all, he envisaged was, was signing one copy mm. and giving it to Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> he's picked him up at his house yeah. he's in an old XKR yeah. British racing green yeah. Jeremy's tossed it on the uh, on the duvet on the um, yeah. blanket in the back on the hamper the F&M hamper yeah. they're going out for a day in the country yeah. Jeremy's just ran over a pheasant it was yeah. spectacular <laughs> and Johnson thinks this is life
1: yeah definitely I think also he probably wanted to post a copy to David Cameron as well
0: for sure yeah definitely. But I think the problem is that i am, obviously as you know no big uh, Cameron fan but I think Johnson probably realised that Cameron's shrewd enough to know it's an enormous piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably read yeah. some proper books as well.
1: Yeah. But Cameron's never written a novel, has he? So Not that I know this of was, no. Maybe this was a thing, cause in their ongoing kind of tragic Etonian competition for supremacy. Maybe this was something that Johnson thought he was getting won over somehow. Yeah, quite possibly. Vilifying his nemesis slash best friend in fiction. The only people I could imagine reading this is, is old boys, like you say. Old boys...
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, we're talking a ninety-five percent male audience here, aren't we?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, if not more,
1: easily. And I think this this book must have been left in the seat pocket of a thousand British Airways flights to Nice, <laughs> 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 like first day of the holes. The old boy. I mean, he's ordered I don't know a couple of G and Ts before takeoff, and he's read he's read the first probably not got as far as we've got so far. No. And it's just been left in the backseat pocket and then is never seen again or so regretted even, it. is never even missed again.
0: It won't but, be available on Kindle. Not that that person would have one.
1: Anymore. No, but it's the very def, it's a, it's an airport purchase, isn't it? It's a panic. It's a panic purchase when, you know, the old boy's wife gives him a disapproving glance. Say he's, o- he's only brought the back page of the Times <laughs> sports <laughs> Top section, gear magazine. <laughs> Top Gear magazine, to read on their holiday where they try and reconnect their marriage in Nice. <laughs>
0: It's he's an intellectual yeah. and this is always picked
1: up and he's seen a name that he likes because he's seen him on Have I Got News For You and uh, yeah he's just left it on the plane so that's that's who I think that's who I've got in my mind when yeah. I'm reading it as to but then they obviously they never get past chapter four
0: so. no I can see that I think we're probably the only people that have read it <laughs> yeah
1: and without any further ado I think that's a good point for us to uh, to jump in and uh,
0: get cracking with chapter seven let's go hold Boys. So it's chapter seven, and we've managed to make it to 8.39. Excuse me, I wonder if I can help. The traffic warden smiled bashfully. It's okay, sir. We do not need any help here. De law is de law. Oh, dear. <laughs> Straight in. Straight in with it. Straight no in messing the around. phonetic spelling of a Nigerian man's accent. <laughs> oh, it's cringy. I know it's none of my business, but are you seriously going to remove that ambulance? Please, sir, do not get involved. I cannot make the rules. I can only infoo... Excuse me. I can only enforce them. Barlow blinked and was in, as he was engulfed. But this is absurd, he said, turning to the victims. I know this shouldn't make any difference, he said superbly, but I am an MP. For the first time, the olive-skilled man <laughs> faced the MP. His passport said his name was Jones, and they had been born in Mould, Clyde. Cluid? Cluid. Cluid, that's not Johnson. Welsh place. Though it was true that he was currently a student at an institution implausibly called Langolan University. These How is that implausible, by the way? <laughs> it's a dig at Labour. It's a Labour, uh, right. it's attacking the sort of tertiary education system. Yeah. But I mean, it's, th- that is a place and a university is an institution that could exist anywhere. So. Yeah. But to Johnson, it's implausible. I think it's actually, <laughs> I think it's more the Welsh thing than, yes, you might definitely. accept Cardiff, but nothing yeah. beyond that. Yeah. These biographical details seemed unlikely, as much as the existence of the... University in this place. So
1: basically, all all he's going on here is that he's olive skinned and that that's all he knows about him, but he can't be Welsh.
0: There's just no way. He's already picked (laughs) this up. He he sniffed something on the air and it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Roger Barlow noticed something about his eyes. They had a kind of wobble. It was as though he was watching a very close-up game of ping pong. (laughs) (laughs) Which should actually be a slow rhythmic movement rather than a wobble. Um, Piss off, he said. Piss off and die. Eh? Barlow gasped. Not necessarily in that order, said Jones. (laughs) Um, Which just doesn't make sense. Barlow looked for guidance to the warden. There was something badly out of whack here. When all was said and done, were they not? He and the warden, part of the same team. He made the law. Well, (laughs) based on how you've described him, Boris. And and also spent uh, 26 pages taking the the piss out of traffic wardens and and their law. It, It feels like they're not... In any way, on the same team. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's is, it. Yeah. and he's got a lot of enemies. Yeah, he made the law. The warden enforced it. They were like two china dogs bracketing the sacred text of a statute. Again, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again laws that he spent the first twenty-five pages absolutely ridiculing and pulling apart as kind of overly, kind of draconian and jobs worthy. But he's
0: responsible for them, so he's only got himself to blame. And they're worthy of being preserved by China dogs. Yeah. The sacred text of Statute <clears throat> for I'm sorry, Which he would wipe his nose with. Yeah. I'm sorry, he said, pathetically. Tee-hee-hee, sniggered Eric on Yamaha, and shook his head at the busybody. He felt sure he had seen this man before. Uh, this, this is not racist. Yeah, he's, he's trying to jump into that kind of characterization, but ju- yeah. just at random. I is don't he,
1: think what he's doing here is some kind of Tony Morrison esque playing with form. <laughs> kind of, you're not sure who the narrator is. Who does? Who does the story really belong to? A kind of Paul Oster subtext of where does a narrative belong? Who does it belong to? No, he's it's just just a bit racist.
0: It's, well, yeah, he felt sure he had seen this man before. Maybe in church. Or at a meeting of parents and teachers. The two places this guy would ever have been. (laughs) But if Roger was looking for an ally now, he was out of luck. The man is right, he said. You must go away. And Roger did. (laughs) (laughs) Conflict averted. Because it would have been difficult to write the rest of that scene. So Roger's just
1: left. So he's rocked up to this scene. He's, He's deciphered, based on this man's ping pong eyes, that something's not right, but he's happy to walk away at this point. Having solved absolutely nothing.
0: That's it. Yeah, the, the next sentence. For once, he felt he could have made a difference, but but he still left. <laughs> if for once he had a chance to step up and, and be countered amongst society, but instead someone told him to leave, so he did. Fair enough. He cycled on. Was it getting hotter, or was that the sweat of embarrassment? was just unfit, as the old saying goes. Yeah. yeah. That man told me to piss off. He told himself and die too. He wondered whether anyone had seen his humiliation. Well, that, that's his summary of the the entire event. Did anyone see it?
1: I mean, it's t- yeah, it's twenty to nine on one of London's busiest roads. There's a presidential motorcade on the way. I imagine there's a few other people around,
0: most of whom uh, I'm sure just wouldn't care. Yeah, this is yeah. A, this is a completely standard altercation. Yeah. Had Barlow not been so mortified. This, this has happened, hasn't it? This is like. This is definitely. This is an defi- absolute word for word retelling this of something that's has happened to him. definitely happened, yeah. So mortified. He's remembering it. That, yeah. was, is that the sweat of uh, embarrassment all over these pages you've submitted? <laughs> Boris Johnson. <or> is this, <laughs> it's just tears. Had Barlow not been so mortified, he might have seen Harun issue from the side of the van and pass something to Jones. The leader of the Gang of Four now looked at his watch and decided it was time to bring matters to a close.
1: It's the first of many points in the story where Barlow could have stopped.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but not in a kind of not in an interesting way. As you as you said last week, it's this kind of just just foolhardy carry yeah. on version of yeah. carry on avert terrorism. It's like if he hadn't just left, it's yeah. not like the <laughs> tension built to the point where it's unbearable. And of course he left. He just it's like oh, it's like he's writing it, thinking, oh, Barlow's going to be a hero here, but then thinking, no, this will be a twenty-seven page novel. So he left. He didn't even say anything either. He's just,
1: like, you you must go away.
0: Just walked away. Just it's like just left in silence. <laughs> you must go away. And Roger did. Yeah, yeah, off he <laughs> went. Um, the leader of the gang uh, looked at his watch and decided it was time to bring matters a close. Please be so kind as to put the ambulance down now and stop this damn foolery. Hey there, said Eric to himself. <laughs> That's the entire sentence.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey dear," said Eric to himself. The husky was chirping back to him. I knew it, he thought. The ambulance had been reported stolen last night from Dimmock Street, Wolverhampton. Did he know that? Well, That's, It seems like a reach.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah.
0: Did you hear what I said? Jones' voice had an evil snit to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Could a snit be anything other than evil. I'm sorry, said Eric, thinking fast, but you must come with me to the pound. I'm going to ask you one last time. Give us back our vehicle. You have broken the law. No, sneered Jones. You broke the fucking law, in whatever accent that would be. Yeah. You lifted the thing off the ground while we were here. I am sorry, but that is wrong. You idiot! Tell him to put the ambulance down! <laughs> Tell him to do it now!
1: I love how Jones has also got an in-depth knowledge of like the various parking... Where
0: has it ever said you, you can't lift it while... The... Anyway. It's a story about the highway code. It is, yeah. In defence of its parking attendants, men and women who must put up with some of the worst abuse and enter this coarse and selfish and irresponsible age. <laughs> <laughs> a complete attack, attack on a generation yeah. via the uh, the medium of the parking attendant exchange.
1: This feels like... this. This. I mean... This should have an asterisk, this should be a footnote, because it's in a totally different voice to everything else yeah. that's come before it. And obviously, the, the narrative voice is co- very confused at all times, but this just like, he's just like, oh, we'll just pause the narrative in defense of parking attendance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah.
0: To, this is an aside. Just so that I c- can completely absolve myself for any, uh, <laughs> yeah. But that's the whole thing. That's the sort of, he's, he's sat down to write this and been distracted. Mm. And this page might have had 15 yeah. different sentences written out over yeah. 15 consecutive days. Westminster Council gives them cameras. They These are not just used to record the offence, but also to deter the protesting traffic offender just as he is about to bust a blood vessel or commit a common assault. Now Eric took out his, and here we go, Sony DSU-30 digital camera and left the husky hanging by his neck. Paid post. Sony. <laughs> yeah, it's <spawn>. Hashtag spot. <laughs> the image was crystal clear. As he was doing this, Haroon was creeping unseen out the side of the tow truck. In his hand, he held a nasty-looking piece of medical equipment. (laughs) Did he but know it? A thorax draining kit. Wow. The man called Jones began to swear, never a good sign for those who are dealings with this horrid person. (laughs) They kind of Enid Blyton wrote that one line. Yeah. I wonder what we're supposed to think of this man. (laughs) (laughs) This
1: is definitely before the age of kind of uh, Game of Thrones style or, you know, modern TV where every character's kind of grey... You're not sure whether they're good or bad. You're not who's, who's sure whose side you're on. Yeah, this man, this man is horrid. horrid person. Yeah,
0: these are the bad guys. Mm. Uh, Omak Zania fi Erd. Your mother committed adultery with a donkey.
1: That's I'm, a translation,
0: right? Of, yeah. yeah. Um, in the book. We think. I am sorry, beamed Eric, who had decided to call the police. Yen al-dinomak, barked Jones. Damn your mother's rooster. A deadlier insult than you might think. If only to an Arab, which is like, which is a kind of a Victorian anthropologist, uh, armchair yeah. anthropology, sort of aside to the reader, but but is not, it doesn't follow the flow of the book. This no. is this is him talking directly to the reader to say, this insult is better. But he's also he's written the insult, so he's yeah. just self-justifying at every point.
1: in But this. also, it's that thing we were talking about where he has this reputation for intelligence, this reputation for kind of erudite, spokesmanship, yet. It's all just completely skin deep. It's just yeah. that 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 factoid, just presented in a vacuum without any context, and it's like, oh, this man knows a lot about different cultures or languages. No, no, it's just something he's learned in the Bullingdon Club, yeah, exactly. and, or you know, the equivalent.
0: You can imagine him barging his way across a kind of pre-dinner cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a club drawing room to, to put his arm on a lady's shoulder and turn around oh, and no, say... Smaller That's, back. A, that's Small actually... Smaller yeah, yeah, back. yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah, little grab, a little grab. Straight up the dress. Just yeah. to say that's actually a deadlier insult than you might think. Yeah. Even though she's the foremost linguistic expert on Arabic in the world, he'll he'll come and correct her on that. Yeah. What do you need an ambulance anyway? Asked Eric. And he took a couple of quick shots at Jones. Bill Hucknose, grubby neck, short gray flecked hair.
1: I mean... Jesus Christ. I I mean, were, this is where his the, there's, a, there's quite a long period now where, where it's quite clear that he's got a little bit of an obsession with uh, phrenology or yeah. the just general cranial shapes of different races as he would describe them and people. And this kind of, this, yeah, uh, Arabic man being described with a billhook nose, grubby, I mean... If this was a cliff all,
0: notes, it would say, watch out for the description of noses because yes. he's absolutely obsessed with this as a, as a racial marker. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he'll come back to it time and time again. He also says he has peculiar eyes, which leave that up to your imagination. Yeah. It is for the disabled, said Jones. Who are the disabled? Haroon tiptoed around the front of the Renault and prepared to lunge at Dragon Panic. I don't see a disabled person anywhere, repeated Eric. Show me the disabled person. Here is the disabled person, said Jones. It's like a charge isn't it? Yeah. Said Jones. <laughs> Where? Here. The last noise Eric heard before he fainted was, with shock was the ripping of his own pericardium Jeez. as it was punctured by the pericardial puncture unit. And now <laughs> someone's come back to him and said, maybe a bit more detail. So he's just, <laughs> that's it. That, that's what it is. He's just upgraded what it was. It was a thorax draining kit. Now it's a pericardial puncture unit. Yep. That, that's enough. i will do it. Help me, shouted Jones to Dean, the 19-year-old, as he caught the falling warden. Dean watched, mouth agape, as his boss buckled under the weight and then leapt forward to help him arrange the traffic warden in the gutter.
1: So, yeah. This is 8.39 on one of the main bridges spanning central London. And we haven't been given a day, but it's a day when MP... So it's a weekday. a week. Mm-hmm. So not, this is the, the height of rush hour in central London.
0: Outside a cafe.
1: Outside a cafe, uh, across, you know, right next to one of the main uh, bridges spanning the Thames. And a man's just been stabbed in the chest... <laughs> In
0: broad daylight. By a man who ran out the back of an ambulance.
1: Yeah. And it's not as if, you know, it's not conspicuous. They're just lurking by. It's The tableau behind it is an ambulance being lifted onto the back (laughs) of a tow truck. Not an everyday scene. Not something you might walk past and be oh, not that again. It just boggles the mind that he can write this and think, well, there would be no other witnesses to this.
0: But almost all of it's incidental. It's incidental to his world, so that there'll yeah. be no people there at this point. People will amass absolutely when it's convenient. People will just look at things and not see them. It, it, yeah. it's, it's totally convenient writing.
1: I suppose, yeah, it, it's also... Maybe, maybe it kind of points to his view of himself. Once Barlow leaves the scene, no one else is important, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter.
0: this like, world is like Age of Empires, the game, where it's only yeah. illuminated when he goes into it. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah, the fog of war around him, yeah. So, wow, I mean, what a, what a closer to Chapter 7. The first first death, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, certainly first the first bit of, it. of action. He's good at, in fairness, it's, it's taken 29 pages, but I think that only represents a few minutes of narrative time. It's less than an hour, and uh, we've, yeah. we've had an attack.
1: Yeah, fantastic. We're going to take a, a short break, and then we'll be back with Chapter 8.
0: Old boys.
1: Right, so Chapter 8, here we go. Dragan the Serb had been weaned on tales of heroic assassination and glorious betrayal. <laughs> uh, from the Battle of Kosovo Pole onwards, Serbs have... Oh, okay, okay here we go.
0: Yeah, no, it's straight in there. Here saying, we go. I'm looking <laughs> forward
1: to this. Serbs have learned to glory in a sense of victimhood.
0: And for anyone... Because we did say that we're coming from an anthropology <laughs> background here. So for anyone who's not familiar with Serbs, they—they they have. this is what they've learned to glory in. All <laughs> Serbs... A sense of victim. And if you asked a Serb, they'd tell you the same. They'd absolutely tell you the same. <laughs> just astonishing throwaway. Yeah. Blanket. A, 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 an entire like, ethnicity just... Yeah. Well, you know, but but a Serb would say the same. Yeah. Any any self-respecting Serb would...
1: Anyone who's met a Serb knows that they're always playing the victim. Yeah, it's always
0: written like, I don't need to tell you, but... <laughs> oh, man. He's the Prime Minister. <laughs> um, <laughs> But today,
1: he decided to give the national myth a miss. Good on you, dragon. He pushed Harun and his spike and thudded off, weaving and shoulders hunched as though with every yard, he expected a bullet in his back from the Kosovo Liberation Army.
0: (laughs) We're living through the first of many war retrospectives here, this kind of thousand yard stare attitude of of many of the characters in this.
1: Yeah. He sprinted from the Muslim extremists. Okay. Uh, That that has been a... Down Tufton Street, past the former Society for the Propagation of the Gospel in Foreign Parts, founded in
0: 1701. T- <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I feel like I'm there. Brilliant. Right, yeah. it's, it's astounding scene, I think.
1: Uh, and turned onto Great Peter Street. He weaved one way and ducked the other. Not a I mean, no mention of any other pedestrians or anyone else on the street.
0: Which we know from the previous scene with Barlow, there aren't. So. Yeah.
1: Haroon watched him go. Leave him, called Jones. We have no time. Dean already felt he had good reason to be admiring of Jones, but he was amazed at the self-possession with which his boss now began to unload the ambulance from the tow truck. Whoa, he called, as the telescopic arm of the crane jerked into life and the vehicle was thrust out into the street.
0: Here's a bit of uh, Johnson detail coming up.
1: Oh, yeah. The arm was powered by three separate hydraulic lifts, the first capable of carrying 2,500 kilos, the second 1,700 kilos, and the third 1,300 kilos. And in theory, they were well capable of lifting a three-and-a-half-ton ambulance.
0: It's kind of like a competency test, where if I've got yeah. three hydraulic lifts, one capable of this, how much change does Jane get from the shop? Yeah. <laughs>
1: but, but also, like, where does he get this information from, and how did he look it up in 2004? Like he, he must have gone to a library.
0: Or well, or the MPs. <laughs> or did he just
1: make it up? Like, but it
0: seems so specific to be. Like, oh, I have no idea. You can imagine a copy proofreader just going, "Actually, this isn't the, this isn't the weight specification of this particular, yeah, uh, tow truck." Yeah. just People go, "No, no, it's fine. He'll, he'll have researched it."
1: Yeah. But Jones was in such a hurry that he neglected the basic laws of physics. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know rush. Yeah. you know when you're in a rush. You yeah, know when you're in a rush. You know when you're in a rush, and you just run upwards <laughs> into the sky and you end to work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, said Dean as the white machine was swung out over the street like some mad medieval siege engine. Haroon gave a curse. Something nasty about a dog. This time we don't know. Yeah, this time we don't know. It's left to the reader's imagination. Dean guessed, and even Habib broke off from flossing with his juniper twig. You need to come back a bit, shouted Dean over the roar of the Renault engine. The front wheels of the tow truck were now on the verge of leaving the ground. Black smoke was coming from the exhaust. The whole thing was about to keel over, and Dean instinctively ran to drag the body of Eric the Warden out of the way.
0: Bit of humanity here from Dean. Yeah. He's starting to paint that picture. Maybe he's not all yeah. bad. He did yeah. wait earlier.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who is this Dean character? I feel like there's something important in his future. Um, it's fine, it's fine, shouted Jones, and flipped the next toggle so that their stolen machine crashed back towards them and bust a taillight on the bed of the tow truck. Do it like this, called Habib quietly in Arabic. Habib was also called Freddy and came from a good Lebanese family. Is that ever
0: mentioned again? That oh, no, Freddy? not at all. I was no. surprised to reread it. Yeah, yeah. And the Lebanese thing is completely incidental as well.
1: Yeah. He was... a Takfiri, a man who masked the ferocity of his faith with a sympathetic worldliness, and he had spent enough time in gambling houses to understand the principles of the grabby machines he used to pick up a watch or a fluffy toy.
0: We, we, and I think this is actually one moment of not of naivety to mm. um, Boris Johnson in that he, if, his vision of the inside of a casino mm. is those kind of things you get on a pier where you can win a soft toy that children are playing with rather than mm. actual gambling. Because I've never, I've never been into a gambling house where mm. you've got a row upon row of machines with a crane and a claw where you can win a, a box of Lego.
1: Mm. But also, would a man with a with a ferocious faith um, spend much time in gambling houses? I don't know. That, uh, that seems... Again,
0: yeah, a complete incomplete character picture. And yeah. uh, you know, Freddie maybe does, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Habib yeah. doesn't, and yeah. that's the split.
1: Together and with what Dean thought was remarkable coolness. He and Jones worked out how to ease in the last extender arm and, in hydraulic pants, the van was lowered to the ground. With the speed of Formula One pit stop men, they now undid the metal crabs and Hessian straps, bunged them onto the back of the tow truck and loaded poor Eric in the back of the ambulance.
0: Still completely unseen by any member of the public.
1: This is all happening. Just, you know, they've just got a free reign to do it. Haroon paused only to read the sign on the side of the Renault. How is my driving, he said. (laughs) He couldn't resist. (laughs) And laughed, a horrible carking yelp. It says something for the tranquility that has descended on the Church of England and no one else observed these events outside Church House. <laughs> so, so it's not
0: bad writing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a dig at the uh, lack of piousness amongst the, uh, the London establishment.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a specific dig at the Church of England, but I don't really know.
0: They can't attract enough people to That's not to the only reason why people are on the south bank of, uh,
1: of, uh, of the Thames. Anyway, no one took any notice of them as they drove in full conformity with the laws of the road, apart from the taillight, in the direction of the Palace <laughs> of Westminster. <laughs> just
0: so irrelevant.
1: They began thereby to catch up with Roger Barlow, who was waiting with his bike at a red traffic light, as all good lawmakers must.
0: This is, I think, his PR has got hold of this and said, the first bit is actually quite anti-law, isn't it, mm. Boris? So maybe we can turn it down a bit. And then he's just crowbarred in this, the, OK, they are breaking the um, highway code by not having a tail light. And, and, of course, Roger Barlow's waiting at a uh, red traffic light, as all good lawmakers must. And it's yeah. it just like, OK, now he's undone the original bits, and now it's now it's all good.
1: But also... As we'll come to learn, Roger Barlow, not a man who's constrained by the ideals of what all good lawmakers must do. Like,
0: yeah, uh, uh, Yeah, just another rank inconsistency.
1: It's just that kind of bizarre worldview whereby stopping at red traffic lights is really important, but just like, fucking around and then not acknowledging your children is kind of that's your private life and that's yeah yeah it's the sort of yeah. thing
0: where you would jail someone for this petty like transgression yeah for, for multi-billion dollar crimes that's totally fine but it's yeah. just if, if you break the law a little bit then you're scum yeah. top level completely fine
1: yeah right well that i mean that's the end of chapter eight another short and sweet one i mean we're rattling through this absolutely rattling through and uh yeah another short break and uh we'll meet you on the other side for chapter nine which uh promises to be a real doozy
0: Old boys. Barlow's thoughts of political extinction had taken a philosophical turn. Did it matter? Of course not. The fate of the human race was hardly affected. The sun would still, at the appointed date four billion years hence, expand to the girth of a red giant and devour the planet.
1: <laughs> Barlow's fully blackpilled here. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. fuck it, we're all going to die. doesn't matter what I do.
0: In four billion years, we're all going to die. Yeah. In the great scheme of things, his extermination was about as important as the accidental squashing of a snail. The trouble was that until that happy day when he was reincarnated as a louse or a baked bean, he didn't know how he was going to explain the idiotic behaviour of his brief human avatar. Who's he explaining this to? Uh, What is this confused worldview? It's massively unclear at this Mm. point. It's it's an internal debate with himself, but Mm. for no obvious reason. It wasn't the sex comedy side of things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for any reader that's got to that point and thought, okay, I bet it's the sex comedy side of it. It wasn't the sex comedy side of it. Oh, okay, I've misread this completely. It wasn't the waste of money, the cash that should have gone into Weetabix. <laughs> again, what? again, Weetabix. Yeah. Own, like, one uh, the spot- another sponsored post, yeah. Oh, okay, well, there's not going to be another breakfast because it's only one mm. day of activity. So we're going to crowbar some in. The money that could have gone into Weetabix and plastic guns for shooting him in bed. It was the gullibility. That was what worried him. Should he wait for the papers to present this appalling Hieronymous Bosch version of his life or should, which incidentally is kind of how I imagine um, the Garden of Earth that he pleasures Boris just wandering around it taking his pick and yeah but complete chaos reigning around him but him yeah he, he's one of the, the
1: like hideous dysmorphic gremlins in the background yeah', and yeah. It's just like this from this nightmarish realm whereby I, again here just like completely attacking the press for you know, gonna be presenting this false version of his life, but also refusing to divulge the real version of his life. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's exactly what the press well, anyway.
0: Yeah. yeah. There, there are there is one version of his life. Yeah. He, he refuses <laughs> to acknowledge <laughs> to acknowledge it. Um or should he try to give his account first and thereby win points for frankness? Hang on a tick. There was a colleague swishing down the pavement, haircut by Trumpers, suit cut by Savile Row, it was Adrian, Ziggy Roberts. Not Ziggy. In speech marks, <laughs> as if that's a nickname, brackets Ziggy, Bracket as if Ziggy. as if there's, he's just got two names. Bright, forceful, decisive, very far from completely unbearable. In fact, by any standards, really rather nice.
1: Who do you think Ziggy is supposed to be? Because obviously everyone is someone, which actually especially politician. the
0: politicians. Yeah, yeah, he's. Um, I think Ziggy's a bit older, isn't he? He's. Uh... I
1: I think it's meant to be Cameron. Yeah, uh, I think it's meant to be David Cameron. I can
0: get that because this is before he got completely mm-hmm. stabbed in the back. Um, yeah, it could be. He's, he's talking of him being a sort of bright, forceful, decisive. He's wearing a nice suits, mm. He's got a decent haircut. It could be. I think it's definitely and that like new a rising guard of star, for, yeah, yeah, sort um, of
1: thing. And I mean, it, like, if you're again, as with lots of characters, if you're worried about like trying to keep pace, obviously there's lots of characters being introduced. If you're like, oh, I've got to make notes here. Don't worry about Ziggy. It comes back once inconsequentially,
0: never really... Uh. Yeah, but but the flip side of that is he's the... As far as I'm aware, there's the Speaker of the House is named. Yeah. And then Ziggy. Ziggy yeah. fits the role of any time he bumps into a, yeah. an MP. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's only There's only Ziggy, because why yeah. bother writing anybody else? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. I think it could be Cameron. I think it's Cameron. But anyway, let's read on and see if, see if there's Roger, any more clues. Roger conceived a desire to talk to him, not least because he could see under his arm in the early edition of The Evening Standard, Ziggy old man called Roger Barlow, in case at this point, Roger, (laughs) Roger, curb crawling on his bike. Hombre, replied Ziggy. You can imagine, you can imagine Cameron. (laughs) You can imagine him doing it. Ziggy
1: already sounds
0: completely unbearable. (laughs) "Hombre." Hombre, what a prick. Hombre, replied Ziggy. You go into this Westminster Hall business. Very a, cash. Comple- a completely party-mandated <laughs> welcome of the President of the United States. This Westminster Hall business. You say that, but
1: then, as you'll learn later on, the Prime Minister doesn't turn that's up true. for it. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Why would you? God, knows, said Ziggy. So perhaps I was wrong. Who had benefited from the most expensive education England can provide? Can't be asked.
1: So Ethan again, taking so the camera. Yeah, box, yeah, I yeah.
0: Roger felt welling up in himself. The urge to confide in a friend. A problem shared. He whispered to himself, like some kind of maniac. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. He's happy to philosophise silently, yeah. but in, in <laughs> company, he will just talk to himself. A problem shared. <laughs> he whispered to himself, is a problem hard? Can I ask you something, Ziggs? You can only seem he's bewildered at this point.
1: I mean, to have a nickname, Ziggy
0: already, but then to have a second nickname within <laughs> within two paragraphs. Can I ask you something, Ziggy? When he will still reconfirm that Roger Barlow is Roger? Like, yeah. oh it's Roger Barlow,
1: but this is Ziggy. I really want to know how Adrian Roberts becomes Ziggy. Like what? Oh, there's a story. There's a story. <laughs> oh, but it's fucking horrendous. Rhymes with well. piggy, so maybe it is Cameron. Oh yeah,
0: well yeah, yeah yeah. Of course. Roger looked at his colleague. His high, clear forehead. His yeah. Myriad certainties. Yeah. Absolute ham faced yeah, Cameron. <laughs> Massive forehead. <laughs> On the second thoughts, no. Ziggy counts as a friend. But it was, in the end, your friends who did you in, it's right. Cameron. Yeah. It's Cam- <laughs> Cam- <laughs> Alarm bells ringing. It's Cameron. And quite right too. That was what friends were for, because Boris is going to get him back. Yeah. You're, you're going to fuck me, and I'm going to get you back. That's,
1: uh, yeah, a very interesting ins- insight.
0: Yeah. That posh suit, said Barlow, just tell me roughly how much.
1: Boris wears posh suits. I, He's very posh. They're it's all brand is
0: posh. They're all wearing posh suits. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah.
1: They're Tory MPs.
0: Although Cameron will have uh, later a later few they're years not, go they're on not, a uh, Corbin for not wearing a smart enough suit. So. Well, he's laying the battle lines here
1: maybe but they're, they're, like these people they're not waiting for fucking Black Friday at Charles Thruitt for like fucking <laughs> I don't know three shirts for 50 <laughs> quid are they no Jesus this is before even expenses
0: scandal all that that would have been charged back yeah 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 100% that posh suit said Barlow just tell me roughly how much But Ziggy's answer was lost... Because we assume he just answered. But Ziggy's answer was lost in the noise of the twin squirrel Eurocopter. (laughs) (laughs) Blimey, thought Barlow. This was worse than a helicopter paranoia scene in Goodfellas. (laughs) Full stop. (laughs) He mused that. But he mused it internally. And that's wise. Because I'm not sure it's an an apt uh, comparison.
1: When was Goodfellas released?
0: Uh, In 1990, I think. So it's it's a good good 14 years before this. Yeah, exactly.
1: 1990. I mean... It was, this was a film that presumably he had a bottle of wine at home. He's already watching, watching Goodfellas yeah, with for his the mistress. 400th time, yeah. The
0: DVD's wearing thin. He's only had it four weeks. Yeah. He would have had an
1: email from his publisher be honest, being like, Boris, we need another draft of the, of the first part. He's had his bottle of wine, it's 11.30, he gets up,
0: bashes out another few paragraphs. Make it a bit more relatable to the reading public. Ah, <laughs> everyone likes Goodfellas. Uh, 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 he's seen the helicopter scene, he's thought, brilliant, I'm already writing about helicopters. Yeah. Perfect fit. <laughs> <I> just crowbar <laughs> one at the end. And then, will I go back to it? No. Wait a sec, said the co-pilot of the chopper, as they bullocked over towards the embankment. He craned backwards the way they had just come and the city of Westminster, touching in its majesty, was reflected in the black visor of his helmet.
1: Yeah, The second character who's been uh, just touched by the majesty yeah, yeah. of Westminster. He,
0: he absolutely <laughs> venerates this place. Loves it? it. All characters live through him and that. Mm. Was reflected in the black visor of his helmet, which again, he's pushing for the film. Maybe yeah. they'll change yeah. the narrative a bit. <laughs> this is where it'll come up. Westminster yeah. Hall coming up in there. I just realised. Say again, yodelled the pilot into the mic on his chin. I think we just flew over it. It was on a tow truck, which I don't think it is at this point. So unless it's gone over, they've flown over and, and gone back in time, it's not on a tow truck. because No, already, yeah, it's, it's already driven it off it the tow truck. Right? And yeah. I think we said this last time, but the, the view of like narrative time in this is very inconsistent. Yeah. I didn't really take it in. On a tow truck? Yeah, you know, a council truck, which is another dig at this. Yeah. The <laughs> Bollock, said the pilot, no one lifts an ambulance. Go on, it'll take 30 seconds. Just back there in that little street near Malsham Street. From the air an encyclopedic knowledge. He's, yeah. he's obviously done the knowledge. Yeah. The pilot sighed and turned the joystick. Well, oh, he said a God. little later. Oh, and this got to guy check on a security is threat. Threat. What, what, a, a, what a Twin squirrel worth. Eurocopter.
1: <laughs> I didn't sign up to fly twin <laughs> squirrel Eurocopters. I'm getting there. too old for this shit. <laughs>
0: There's your tow truck, but I don't see any ambulance. So in the thirty seconds, that's so yeah. you've jumped back a little bit in time.
1: Yeah. Then it's come over him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
0: pilot sighed and turned on the joystick. Well, he said, "There's your tow truck. I don't see any ambulance." The co-pilot stared. It may have been unusual for an ambulance to be hoisted, but it was positively unheard of for a vehicle of any kind to escape the clutches of a tow truck operator. Where's the driver anyway? And this is key, and this is why he's not going to get a promotion. He asked himself. Yeah. So he didn't posit <laughs> this very serious piece of information out there to yeah. the uh, defense team. He just asked it to himself.
1: And that question will never be answered because I don't think those pilots ever really have any...
0: No, they might dip in and out, but... They're gone. They're not not important. Here, thought Dragon Panic, down here, look this way. For a couple of seconds, he jumped up and down, waving and staring at the police helicopter until his eyeballs began to ache from the glare. Two seconds of glaring. (laughs) No use. They couldn't see him. Dragon had a pretty good idea what he'd witnessed. The shambolic beginning of something that might end with eternal loss and heartache for thousands of families. That is incredibly perceptive yeah. of Dragon.
1: I mean, this is the man who who's used to dodging bullets in Kosovo, though. So, you well, know. that's true. Like all Serbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's typical Serb perceptiveness, yeah. <laughs>
0: He had read about the idiotic punch-up outside Boston's Logan Airport on the morning of 9-11 itself, when the Islamic headcasers, Johnson's okay. words, not his, yeah. left their maps and their Koran and their flight manuals in the stolen high car. But mere incompetence was no guarantee of failure, as he knew from his old s- own soldiering and from 9-11. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Dragon looked down towards Marsham Street. He saw a building site. He saw men in yellow hats and muddy boots. Tough men who could help. <laughs> <laughs> No, a normal man wouldn't do it. But a why tough not man, go to the authorities, Dragon? No, it seems more like a builder would be the person to pressure this point. Because why? Because Johnny, he can get in a few more racist digs. If we go to builders, he can get in a bit more this racism. Is like,
1: this is like uh, this is at this point. I thought this is going to become like Armageddon, where yeah, yeah. where like the U.S. government approaches a group of oil drillers to deal with an asteroid problem. I thought Dragon here was going to like. A, f- a few Cockney builders were going to be assembled to take down the Islamist terrorists and it was going to be a great kind of knees up kind of round the Joanna at the end of it and, you know, great, great Britain's
0: won. Quicker to train a builder to be an FBI agent than to try <laughs> and get an FBI
1: agent to build anything. <laughs> yeah. and honestly, I think that would have been a better plot than the one that actually unfolds. But, <laughs> well, uh, it's a plot. Yeah. It's a commitment <laughs> to a plot.
0: We, we, we don't have that here. Yeah. He was older and fatter than he had been as a purple-pajamaed Serb MUP man and he was soaked with sweat. And though he had absolutely no reason to love the United States, not after what they had done to Serbia. <laughs> oh, you imagine him shaking his fist at the flag. He stamped and grunted as fast as his rebox would carry him. Hey, he shouted. Help, please. Dark faces looked up. Uh oh. Oh dear, Boris. Dragon put his hands on his knees in exhaustion and began to explain to the immigrant builders <laughs> oh, uh, as they identified this as Boris Who, who's saying that to the immigrant builders that there was a plot against America. Uh, I mean, yeah. Astonishing. Wow. Doesn't doesn't need it. Doesn't need it.
1: I mean, Christ. Uh, th- and that's that's the end of chapter nine. And I think, like, at this point, I mean, as much as we can make fun of, of Boris, like, and obviously his kind of prejudices and outright racism are well documented. But at what point do, like, HarperCollins, who published this fucking absolute porridge of a novel like when do they take responsibility like they, maybe you read the first two chapters and you go well it's a bit fruity here but like it's, like it's getting a book published isn't easy like it goes through a lot of people who read it and go yeah yeah it's fine and they're like in 2004 loads of people signed this off and we're like yeah cool
0: yeah it went through the well, editorial process we'll put our name on it I mean, right. you, you can only assume that his celebrity is what pushed this through. Well, yeah. It's kind of, well, you know, he, he himself will promote it. It's got to be a money spinner. But even but, still, like, who edited garbage. it? Yeah, but who edited it and, like, read it and was like, yeah, cool, fine. What? Like um, HarperCollins,
1: one of the biggest book publishers in the country, right?
0: Yeah, no, no, ma- massive organisation who, mm. who said, uh, yeah, no, I think it's editorially valid that he refers to them as immigrant builders. <laughs> it, 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 it does nothing for the book, yeah. but, but let's keep it in anyway. Yeah. It's, it's the whole... Just based on the color of the skin. The existence of this book is absurd. It yeah. <laughs> should it should not be it should not be physically here in front of us. It's gone through God knows how many people drop the ball to get this book into our hands.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, we'll take a short break and then uh, we'll be back with chapter ten. Old boys. All right, chapter ten. We're into double figures. It's 0844 hours. In uh, the Boris verse.
0: So not yet an hour into the book. Not
1: quite. Not quite. Very close. It feels but not longer quite. though. Mm, it does feel longer. Right, here we go. I'm sorry, to think we should warn the Yanks, said Deputy Assistant Commissioner Purnell. Purnell's back. Yes. As is Purnell's reticence. Yep, the absolute void that is Purnell. You mean the ambulance, said Grover. What makes you think they don't know already? But when Purnell came to dial It, he once again found himself changing his mind.
0: This is classic <laughs> Pernell. Pernell is uh, atrociously poor at his job. He's why, really bad. Why raise the temperature? These people don't mind. Not, you're not distracting mm. the person who's got nothing to do from, with it from their mm. daily job. This is someone whose job it is, who's presumably sitting there going, wow, amazing that nothing's gone wrong so far. I'd really Because <laughs> obviously I'd know about it, wouldn't I? But, but yeah. no,
1: Pernell, why rock the boat? I think Pernell's come into work with a massive hangover.
0: Yeah, right. he's he just doesn't want to be. He just wants to get through the day. He's got he's got twin kids under six months old. He's been yeah. up all night, <laughs> on the booze. Oh fuck it! Why 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 raise the alarm?
1: Why raise the temperature? So, I mean, who's in town? The president. Nah, president Ten a penny. Ten a penny. He cleared his throat when Blewett picked up and was on the point of improvising some excuse when the American cut in. Mister Deputy Commissioner, we have a problem. Oh yes, yeah, said Purnell. I know. I mean. What problem?
0: I <laughs> oh, no, no, know clawing it back. He is yeah. a pro. He just wasn't going to tell him. We got reports of helicopter
1: activity right over the cavalcade route, and the Black Hawk needs to go that way, said Pernell. We, oh, no, sorry, that's, sorry, that's wrong. Pernell says nothing, but it is written down. It's, it is, yeah.
0: it's just the words said Pernell are on the... Yeah, so blew it.
1: the American, says, we got reports of helicopter activity right over the cavalcade route, and the Black Hawk needs to go that way. And then we have an ellipsis.
0: And, and said Pernell. It, it would be <laughs> as a writer he's either in dialogue mode or is in narrative mode but he could yeah. never yeah. He, he could he could so easily write. Pernell said nothing. Mm-hmm. But no, why bother?
1: Mm-hmm. We need that black hawk in the aerial vicinity at all times and neither of us wants a mid-air collision.
0: Well, that's true. That's fair. That will be true.
1: That will be true. Pernell found his eyes closing and he listened some more. Unbelievable, he told Grover when the conversation was over. We've got just over an hour till the president starts speaking and the Americans are fussing about the French ambassador's girlfriend. They say they don't want her in the hall. And tell the boys in the choppers to clear out of the way, would you? Which,
0: that's the bit that was discussed. Yeah. <laughs> the the, yeah. the, the bit, amb- has
1: he intuited that they don't want the French ambassadors? Good ball. The trouble with today, thought Pernell. Was that if something did go wrong, no one could
0: say they hadn't been warned. A lot they of people can. could. A lot of people can, Purnell, because you've not passed it on. <laughs> you've been <laughs> warned. I decided not to say that. The majority of the people engaged in this would be able to say that they hadn't been warned. And they would, they were, the problem, the trouble with today, Purnell, was that you've completely fucked it up already. Yeah. You've not passed on any information.
1: Mm. Ridiculous. Right. new. Well, we're switching scenes now. We're back with Barlow. Bomb scare hits London, read Roger Barlow, continuing to steal shifty looks at Ziggy's standard and then page after page about the state visit. Like, I I, I love how this is just like the front page of the Evening Standard is there's a bomb scare in London and everyone's just like, oh, brushing it off.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. nonchalantly, including the people leading security. (laughs) (laughs) It's been leaked somehow to the press, but they're not taking it seriously.
1: Yeah. Of course, there was nothing about him. He felt like laughing at his own egocentricity.
0: Hmm. Yeah, wouldn't be valid.
1: There was something prurient about the way he wanted to read about his own destruction, just as there was something weird about the way he had been impelled down the course he had followed,
0: you can yes. imagine that an editorial decision it there wasn't his fault. Yeah,
1: yeah, he'd been impelled down the road.
0: Couldn't oh. there's absolutely nothing he could have done about it? <laughs> In the same situation, wouldn't any red-blooded man <laughs> with a penchant for weird, strange sex yes. do the same? Yes,
1: that's the old boy mindset. That is the old boy mindset. Maybe he wasn't a genuine acratic. Maybe it would be more accurate to say he had a thanatos urge. Probably, probably. By this time next week, he thought there would be nothing left for him to do but go on daytime TV shows.
0: As if that's the absolute worst situation he yeah. can imagine. Well, what's worse than like penury and death is guesting on daytime TV shows yeah. to uh, to uphold your your nice life in London. That's as that's as bad as it gets. And this is why yeah. like, well, you know you talk about food banks. You talk about a complete lack of empathy mm. for him. The worst case scenario is going on. Daytime yeah. TV shows. Yeah, there will
1: be nothing. Yeah, there'll be nothing left of his life of privilege that, except his life of privilege <laughs> being continuing.
0: A, a, being yeah, a celebrity.
1: Uh, no. Arguably, but, but to be fair, arguably in a profession where there's more accountability.
0: Oh yeah, for, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure.
1: Like a broadcaster. If you if you, if you wrote this book and you were kind of I don't know presenting ITV's.
0: Breakfast Show, you'd, be, you'd just be fired. Yeah, Philip Schofield's racist diatribe—you <laughs> just wouldn't get away with it. Nice, Guy Schofield tells it how it is. Uh, th- th- no, he'd be gone. He'd be gone in a second. We should look Prime in Prime Minister yeah. Boris Johnson. Yeah. yeah, we should look into
1: whether Schofield's written a novel. I reckon he—I reckon he's got one in him. I reckon he's got Schofield's harem.
0: Yeah, the follow-up to bestseller 72. <laughs> <laughs> effortlessly remarkable.
1: Yeah. Perhaps in ten years' time, he might be sufficiently rehabilitated to be offered the pot of Widow Twanket, at the Salvation Army Hall in Horsham.
0: Ugh. We feel like that is something he's being offered.
1: That's literally what your dad does every fucking Christmas, <laughs> Boris. Like, catch you round then, said Barlow bar to Ziggy. Ciao, ciao, said, <laughs> oh, called Ziggy. Oh, come
0: on, Ziggy, let it go. Do your cuffs up.
1: Uh, just choose a language. Pick a, pick a language to That's the thing about Ziggs. In. He's a man of the world. Mm. The man of efficiency... And ambition. He flashed his pink P form and was admitted to the security bubble. For the eighth time that morning, Barlow presented his bike for the inspection by the authorities.
0: I feel like we've covered his entire journey from bed to here. Yeah. And this is the first inspection we've been through.
1: Yeah. Roadblock was too modest a word for the Atlantic wall of concrete that the anti-terrorist mob had put in Parliament Square. Uh, Not them again. (laughs) meddlers.
0: The anti-terrorist mob. God, I mean... There's fox hunting, now this. (laughs) No. The
1: anti-let's te- just deconstruct those three words for a second. The anti-terrorist mob—they've
0: all got together, haven't they? The, uh, the, yeah, the anti-terrorist mob. Oh, look, the, I mean, it's the, the not the one commander- thing; it's another, is it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the window twitches. The, the the net curtains moving. Oh, I hope the I hope the uh, leader of the free world's not assassinated. Yeah. yeah. Get over yourselves. Anti-terrorist presented as a bad thing. I love it. In the same book where terrorists are also presented as a bad thing.
1: (laughs) Mob. The anti-terrorist mob put in Parliament Square. Each lithon of black painted aggregate was packed with steel and designed to withstand 83 newtons of force or a suicide ram raid with a chieftain tank. There was a gap through which cars were being admitted in drips, but all cycles were being stopped. Whoa there, sir, said a 16-and-a-half-stone American man with a kind of transparent plastic curly-whirly coming out of his ear and disappearing into his collar.
0: You feel like 16-stone would have been an implausible character trait. Yeah. 17-stone too much, but 16-and-a-half. Yeah. I, I feel like I can see him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he certainly seems to want to put across the impression that he knows how to size up a, size up a yeah, gentleman. Yeah, yeah, gentleman to the nearest half-stone. Yeah. yeah. How are we today? We're fine, said Barlow shortly. I can't let you through without a pink pass with the letter P. Barlow had grown up in the Cold War, (laughs) and when at school, he'd read Thucydides, and it'd been obvious to him that America was the modern Athens, energetic, pluralistic, the guarantor of democracy and freedom, and therefore infinitely to be preferred to the Soviet Union, closed, nasty, militaristic, the modern Sparta. Mm. But now, on being intercepted by an enormous Kansan just feet away from the statue of Winston Churchill...
0: Who, whose crazy. grandson, yeah. you will go on to fire.
1: Yeah. He felt his gorge <laughs> He felt his gorge rise. His eyes prickled with irritation. I'm a
0: member of parliament.
1: He's standing up more to this man than he did to, <laughs> to the like, a parking guy. attendant yeah. um, down the road. He's yeah.
0: more irritated by this because this calls his job into question. The worst yeah. thing for him is losing his job and going on daytime TV. Yeah. That, that was a mere potential terrorist plot that he could have foiled.
1: Yeah. Oh, damn it all, he added, though as luck would have it. His curse was lost in the noise of the Metropolitan Police. Twin Squirrel. Here he comes again. Sweet- we,
0: we think of the Twin Squirrel as a kind of, um, a sort of pantomime when someone's going to swear as someone does a whoops-a-daisy or yeah, like yeah. scratches up a <laughs> washboard. The yeah, yeah. Twin Squirrel helicopter will fly over and go, you mother... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. definitely, definitely.
1: The Twin Squirrel swinging high and away towards Victoria. Had he looked 200 feet behind him, he would have seen the ambulance come to a halt in the queue for the very same traffic lights come checkpoint. As
0: they lean over and do the shush sign to the audience.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's
0: behind (laughs) you!
1: Sitting at the wheel, Jones swore at any minute now the cavalcade would be upon them. He looked at the Americans checking each vehicle with glacial deliberation and checked his watch. My cock in your principles, he said. The cavalcade was now approximately 27 minutes away from Parliament Square. Approximately. (sighs) Apart from the outriders, it consisted of 30 black vehicles, a mobile operating theatre complete with the appropriate blood supplies and a specially adapted Blackhawk helicopter in a continuous hover, intended to snatch the principals in the event of an ambush. The two permanent protectees, as they were known to the 950 American agents in London, were in a Cadillac DeVille so fortified it was a wonder it could move.
0: I mean, it's a lot, but it's a coherent piece of text. It mm. feels like the longest bit that he's done in one go, yeah. actually, is just written.
1: And this is something that he probably does have genuine knowledge on, that the general public wouldn't, in terms of Security protocols for politicians, and I guess, I suppose if you're of that bent, you might find it interesting if you're a nerd about these things. But for yeah. everyone else, it's horrifically
0: boring. But also, we've got to page 37 before mm. there's a segment where you, where you just think it's not insulting, it's not derogatory or racist, <laughs> it's not sexist. Yeah, it's not overladen with facts. Yeah, it's boring. But but like that's the yeah. best you can hope for in this.
1: Yeah, you should have stopped there. The armor plating. Uh was five inches thick and designed to withstand direct fire from a bazooka or a mine placed beneath it. There was a tea cozy of armour around the battery, the radiator and the engine block to minimise the risk of the fuel catching fire. And on. The glass was three inches of polycarbonate laminate and instead of allowing the driver simply to look through the windshield, an infrared camera scanned the heat signature of all the objects in the path of the car and projected an image on the inside of the windscreen. Is that... That can't be right. That's like the Terminator. But he, all he's done is he's watched the Terminator, and that's.
0: But in 2004 as well. Yeah. And also, it seems more dangerous to me having an infrared version, mm. as opposed to just being able to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But move the Cadillac did, though at some time, uh, though at something less than the U.S. speed limit.
0: Well, there isn't one speed limit in the U.S.
1: Mm. No. Permanent protectee number one shuffled the papers of his speech and touched the hand of permanent protectee number two. It was an insane way to travel, <laughs> but kind of fun. The cavalcade. <laughs> The cavalcade mounted the rampart of the expressway. I mean, it's not an You're the most presumably, well, certainly, if if this is George Bush, as we're supposed to, I think, believe it is, one of the most hated figures in the planet Mm. and also one of the most public and probably with the most chance of being assassinated Also, anyone in the world. If you break it
0: down, you take some of his sort of very banal detail away from it. It's just two people who've landed, gone to a hotel, and have been Mm. driven to. How else would you get there? Yeah. should they get the tube yeah. it's not that insane a way to travel contextually
1: no no, certainly not especially when someone's just been murdered in broad daylight on the south <laughs> bank the cavalcade mounted the rampart of the expressway at the end of the M4 and West London was spread out beneath them in the morning sun like a beautiful woman surprised in bed without her makeup
0: what does it oh. even mean what does it mean Okay, alright Jeremy alright you can write a line he's got Clarkson in him for that one
1: West London was spread out beneath them like a
0: beautiful woman and what what is the makeup bit? It's, it's, yeah, it's, what does it mean? Um, like, what? Is I, I can't. I can't imagine his view of the world. His his fantasies. His I don't know. he's his copy of Reader's Wife slipping yeah. out of his briefcase. It's, it's, it's just disgusting.
1: And also, like, yeah. How is he imagining this? Like, just a river of brown water down the middle of some fucking <laughs>
0: naked woman. In his
1: anyway, geez, said the second permanent protectee. Ain't that something?
0: And that's, that's the president's wife, presumably thinking, that looks like a woman surprised in bed without makeup.
1: <laughs> she smiled at her husband, but secretly she was worried.
0: Oh no, the, the attempts to keep the news Uh-oh. away from her seem to have failed. Yeah, she had
1: been reading the papers. That's she, she knew about the abortive raids on the Islamist cells. Which no one else seems to know about. This was why she had furtively telephoned Colonel Blewett and begged him to take extra precautions. Blewett had been frankly amazed, but was also pleased to be made her confidant yes ma'am he said never mind what the Brits say that place is going to be full of my people I mean some of our top men top men top Go men top ho- ho-
0: hopefully a reference to uh, Indiana Jones yeah. yeah yeah well, why was Blue amazed was he amazed because, because <laughs> it's a woman isn't it no, no, oh, no English no women Like it's it, it, uh, what, yeah. what is his he was amazed how, that she knew it she read it in the newspaper <laughs> it's in the newspaper it's public knowledge
1: Um, as the cavalcade began to crawl the last nine miles of its journey a hatch was opening on the roof of the east wing of the palace of Westminster in the cool shadow of Big Ben
0: can I just say and I think we share this Mm. we're about to meet one of our favourite characters of of the entire it's it's the only one that's evolved as a character in the sense that there is a bit of backstory it's one dimensional but there is backstory yeah um Uh, But it's also ludicrous. I just want to give that heads up for this character because his development is insane.
1: Yeah. So we're on the roof of the Palace of Westminster in the cool shadow of Big Ben. A secret hatch has opened, out scrambled the sizable figure of Lieutenant Jason... Pickle. Remember the name. Remember the name. We love a bit of pickle. He stood for a moment on the duckboards 120 feet above New Palace Yard, listening to the honking of horns down the embankment. The protesters bleating to each other like ewes in some distant fold. Bloody sheeple. He held out his hand and squinted at it. Man, oh man, he said to himself. He stopped the tremor by...
0: (laughs) Now, you've got to think, what kind of... Think of a... Johnny, think of a profession where a tremor would be particularly (laughs) unwelcome. He stopped the tremor by gripping his sniper's rifle. And he's not borrowed it, that's his.
1: (laughs) And walked on down the duckboard until he found a point of vantage. This is the sniper on the the roof that uh, the president's wife wanted, It's Jason Pickle.
0: Be careful what you wish for, would be
1: my advice. Absolutely. Are you all right, Jason? Asked Sergeant Indira Nath, who'd followed him up. Indira had been specifically deputy... Uh, deputed to stay with Pickle on the orders of Deputy Assistant Commissioner Stephen Purnell.
0: It could have been anyone who gave those orders, but double deputy. It's just such bad writing. Anyone in the world could have given that order.
1: Not that the British cops had any reason to think of Pickle as a risk. Well, actually, as we'll find out, they had a lot of reasons.
0: Very public reasons. But again, Johnson just assumes that only certain people read the press when it's not Mm. appropriate. but, But Pickle is famously a risk. Yeah,
1: I think he also assumes that uh, like him he forgets immediately what he's written and what he's read <laughs> yeah. and that like, you won't remember when you come across him later and think why didn't anyone do a background check on this man's incredibly public um, meltdowns anyway it was just that if they were going to have a yank sharpshooter on the east r- wing roof and Blue it was very keen and there was damn well going to be a brit to accompany him indira was from the so19 firearms unit she had huge Huge eyes, rosy lips, and tiny, delicate
0: hands. (laughs) It's just, just, it's so gratuitous and pointless.
1: But we should note one of the few female characters to get a name.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. But described what 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 are the? Tell me this. You've just met her. Mm -hmm. What are the main characteristics? No idea. No. What does she look like? Big old rosy lips, big eyes, tiny hands.
1: Lips. You just want to kiss. Just Um, yeah, yeah. and tiny, delicate lady's hands. In which she now toted an Arctic warfare sniper rifle, built by Accuracy International of Portsmouth.
0: Just get it out. Just cut the word count down.
1: I like Portsmouth never even being Boris's constituency. I don't really know why (laughs) he's plugging all these. I mean, yeah, you know, British British warfare. I mean, he loves. He loves a
0: bit of military. He loves warfare, he lo- military, he loves British brands. Loves Saville a Savile Row, yeah. 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 He's probably trying to get sort of EU protectorate status for accuracy international <laughs> for, for the Arctic sniper rifle.
1: Yeah. Capable in the hands of an average marksman of bunching bullets within a couple of inches at more than 600 yards, in the hands of Indira, the gun could shoot the horns off a snail. <laughs> <laughs> the famously horned animal, the snail. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You okay, she repeated. It's just that something gave me goosebumps here. I guess you could call it dad flashbacks.
0: So this actually confused me when I first read it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think I think he what the whole book or just this <laughs> yeah. fucking section? No, no. The book the book confuses me every time I read it. But yeah. the um the dad flashbacks with it. Yeah. It, uh, firstly, it's on the nose straight in to character development in yeah. other sort of Secondly, I, I assumed it was like Nam. Yeah, so there's not really the explanation that precedes it as to, to what Dad is. No. Um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a weird segment.
1: Yeah, it is a, a weird segment in a weird book. Dad flashbacks, wondered Indira. It sounded like something worrying from Sheila Kitzinger's Baby and Child Care. From, ch-
0: from a children's book, but no, that one yeah. children's book.
1: Yeah, immediately, obviously, that's the female character's first point of reference, yeah. is a, a a baby book. and child care. Yeah, book, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She looked at her neighbour on the roof. He was big and blonde with a proud nose and heavy brow. Nose. And- Yeah, and hands that made his rifle barrel look like a pencil. He was dressed in olive drab fatigues and had the name Pickle sewn in black capitals on his chest, as well as the American flag.
0: I think you would have expected that as a reader. Yeah,
1: that needs to be brought in. I mean, presumably she's from quite a military background herself, so this shouldn't be. She's a sniper. Yeah.
0: God, this man looks like he's dressed for action. Um, she heard <laughs> him ho- taken one of the <laughs> office administrator attempts yeah. and be like, no, "Do you mind? Do you mind, do you mind you with you your not- tiny hands taking this sniper rifle up to the you roof?" Just hold this accuracy
1: international winter <laughs> sniper rifle.
0: It's <laughs> not an accuracy. It is an it accuracy. Is? International. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't call you it know. that when they make them in France, so, can yeah. you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> she hoped he wasn't going to blab about some deathbed re- reconciliation with a father who never loved him. Again, would have been better backstory. Yeah, honey, it's like a Nam flashback, except it's about Baghdad. Oh, right, here okay. we go. Pickle is a Baghdad veteran. Tell me about it, Jason, said Indira as they settled down together. Were you scared? Scared? Did you say scared? Jeez, I was. What the hell was that? The American went rigid as percussive waves filled the air. He instinctively eased off the safety catch, and now, bong, the second explosion and the sailed his eardrums. The whole roof vibrated as Big Ben sounded the opening carillon of a quarter to nine.
0: Why did he take the safety off? <laughs> you know, just a noise. This, Is it in, You can't just shoot at something for making a noise. This this man's got a tremor uh, in his hands and a hair trigger
1: to any it, loud noises.
0: It's Indira thinking at this point, well, there's no way they could have known. In her debrief after this, it's, well, so what did you talk about? Well, the first thing he mentioned was that he was having flashbacks to a conflict... <laughs> Well, why is he the point man? Why is he the go-to? He's why is he been picked? Even if he's the best man for the job, go for the second best person because yeah. it's it's no he's 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 having he's got a tremor and he's got flashbacks. Yeah. Get him on the roof.
1: Yeah, Get give him, on the him,
0: give to him a high-powered high automatic weapon.
1: Yeah, absolutely mental. Um, well, there we go. That's the end of chapter ten. Uh, so yeah, ten down. Bit of a bit of a milestone. Mm. Um,
0: Just over ten percent of the book. And I guess off.
1: yeah, we're over ten percent of the way through.
0: I, th- I think we're still not. We're still not an hour in, though.
1: No, 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 no.
0: We're not, not we're, quite. We're, we're, no, we're seven minutes, seven off minutes
1: an hour. shy of an hour. We'll find that the pace does pick up quite a bit.
0: The, yeah, the huge chunks of times <laughs>
1: slip by later when you can't be bothered to finish it properly. Otherwise, this would have been like a one thousand-page <laughs> novel. It possibly was there. was when they yeah. said edit it. He was so yeah.
0: profoundly upset that he just deleted yeah. chunks and chunks of text. Huge chunks of
1: it, and they made absolutely no the difference. 700 the seven hundred pages about the, the siege of Troy. Well, there's fucking fifty pages about cheese coming up on the horizon pretty soon, so let's not worry about the siege of Troy. Anyway, for that. Um, we're going to take a, a little break, and then uh, we'll wrap up this episode uh, on the other side. See you then. Old boys. So, end of another episode. How are you feeling?
0: Excited. It's 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 been a it's been a, a full podcast, but. It's six minutes of time in the book. <laughs> <laughs> it feels when you when you realise that it's, oh, it, it's kind of constantly reading this book is constantly disappointing because you think, okay, really broken the back of it now. Yeah, uh, and it's it's six minutes. It's 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 maddening.
1: I think this is this is when I was reading it the first time. This this is I was getting to the point here where I was like, okay, right, we've got a sniper on the roof, Barlow's at Parliament. You know, main characters at Parliament. The ambulance is on the bridge just outside Parliament. Like we're gonna get some big action yeah. pretty soon. It's kicking like, off now, this right? This kicking off. Like you know, yeah, he's raised it to a bit of a simmer. Here we go. We're gonna get some some big explosive plot action soon, and um, that's at least 150 pages away.
0: Yeah, well, hours to go. <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of you think of it as like a Steven Seagal film, where you think yeah. you're, you're into it. it yeah. As in, you start reading it, you're not you're not into it. No one can mm. truly be into it. But you're, you start reading it, you think. Okay right it's it's a bit brainless but yeah. like it's going to be it's going to be a bit fucking cool there's going yeah. to be some explode maybe it's going to be you know a bit of an action book as it were and and it's not you're right it gets to a simmer and it just simmers to the point where the pan is now dry. <laughs> the salt has reformed in the bottom of it. It's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. It's gone black inside. The smoke alarm's going on. And, and and still nothing is happening. Yeah. And then then on the last page, someone comes in and goes, oh, God, what's happening? And you go, no, 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 don't do that. And they throw, they throw water into the pan and the whole kitchen explodes in the last paragraph. And then that's it. Yeah. And that's the experience of the book. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so it... it if you're expecting big things to happen in the next chapter, like it's just a lot of admin, a lot of uh, petty point scoring, what we have come to expect from Boris as a writer, a lot of obviously you know racism, there's
0: the implicit Brussels hating coming up as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Gets yeah, dragged into this yeah. but for <laughs> no obvious reason. They're, they're not involved.
1: Yeah, and just general uh, old men raging against uh, PC culture gone mad, basically. Change anything? Yeah. Young people, young, young people
0: yeah. that they that they adore. But then he rejects them, so they hate. This yeah, is, 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 This is it is, and we said this in the start. Mm. This is the the old boys like New Testament. This yeah. is this is everything.
1: Yeah, it is, and especially one of the points that I really like, and one of the bits that comes up time and time again in the next hundred pages, is Barlow's Roger Barlow's slash Boris Johnson's frustration at being questioned about who he is and his validity for being somewhere, and yet. His entire politics revolves around doing that to, <laughs> to other people yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. And justifying it and just being like, well, th- those people who've got brown faces, they're illegal immigrants. That's yeah. just been written into my book. And as soon as someone goes, can I see some ID, Roger Barlow? He goes, I've a right to be here. I've got a right to be here.
0: This is my bicycle. Um, but then, when defeated by technology, he yeah. is completely naive, and in uh, you know he's in, he's in the wrong. But of course, you know these things happen to people, but only people like him, because anyone yeah. else who makes an innocent transgression yeah. is immediately immoral and a criminal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it it does behold his politics. He's he he is him in this book, and he is. Yeah. I think what's interesting about this is you get these people who go, okay, well he was a bit foolish and now he's maybe gone this way. Yeah, yeah. It's just always been. It's been totally tactical. It's always been the case. Yeah, and we're um we yet to find it a, a we we yet to laugh with
1: johnson aren't we in yeah. this in this um right. so called comic um
0: triumph of a novel and even personal politics aside mm. i think that there is maximum one yeah. more likely zero occasions where you where you find yourself laughing unconsciously at the book
1: yeah yeah anyway yeah so uh stay tuned the next step will be dropping next week and we'll be cracking on with uh, chapter 11 and beyond. Um, Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.